everyone, and welcome to the Alaska Beagle Ranch. I'm Dave Dorsey, and I manage the ranch in Wasilla, Alaska. There are presently 12 beagles and one basset with the ranch right now. Alaska Beagle Ranch is the only rescue in Alaska dedicated to beagles only. Thank you to all of our listeners. This week we have new listeners from Austria and the United Kingdom. Our largest listening cities in the U.S. besides ones in Alaska is Seattle, Washington and Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I hope you like what we have for you here. We do appreciate your support. The Alaska Beagle Ranch has over 650 downloads since we started doing our podcast last November. We are now available on iHeartRadio. While we are talking about it, be sure to like, follow, subscribe, review, and maybe send some feedback or ideas. You can also support our podcast by donating on PayPal at Beagle Ranch 907. Beagles for adoption. Right now, the Alaska Beagle Ranch has zero pups up for adoption. I hope that means that all beagles in Alaska have a happy home. You can see photos of our pups on our Facebook page, Alaska Beagle Ranch, or Twitter page at Beagle underscore Ranch. Today's show is dedicated to Charlie. Charlie has been in the Beagle spotlight before. He's not feeling well. So we're going to repeat it to cheer him up. We have two stories today. Both are short, but to me, they are both important. So let's start with what to do when a previous owner wants their dog back. If you're thinking about adding a beagle to your life, then it's a really good idea to adopt. Purchasing from a breeder can be a great way to get a dog. However, there are so many dogs needing loving homes in rescue centers and shelters that it's awesome to give them a home if you can. Most of the time, when you do use a rescue center or a shelter to find a dog, the dog is placed with you and you both live happily ever after. This is especially true when the center ensures that the dog is a good fit for your home and lifestyle. Unfortunately, the fairy tale of happily ever after doesn't always happen. When you adopt an animal with a history, you are adopting an animal with a previous family of some kind. It may be the case that you are adopting an animal that was lost to their family who prepared, perhaps didn't microchip him or her. Maybe they just lost their dog while relocating it to a new home. Because of this risk, that family may want their dog back if they manage to relocate them. So you're happy with your new pet, the dog is settled, and you're attached, and strangers come from nowhere wanting the dog back. What do you do? Here's what to do if your new dog's previous owners wants it back according to tailandfur.com. Firstly, be assured this is an extremely difficult situation for all involved. Everybody wants the best for the dog, but nobody wants to lose their beloved pet. Unfortunately, there's no clear way out of this scenario. There are no strict laws on pet ownership, especially as often pets are seen as property. Those kinds of laws don't really tackle the moral problem of what is going to be best for the dog and the people involved in this scenario. If you find yourself in this situation... 
do not instantly give up the dog. They currently belong to you, so you get to play detective. Ask the previous owners the following questions, and if they truly love their dog, they will appreciate your concerns. How did they lose the dog? What information do they have about the dog? How long did they have the dog? What efforts did they make to find the dog? Do they have photos of themselves with the dog? In addition to these questions, you may also want to do some investigations elsewhere and seek to get as much information from the shelter where you adopted the dog. Get to know the family a little more and understand where they are coming from. In a controlled environment, have the family come and see the dog and see how it reacts. If you do want to keep the dog and the previous owners are contesting that decision, then you may have to go down the legal route, which is complex. It can also be very expensive to head down the legal road. If a solution can be found that doesn't involve the law, it is a good idea to work towards the, that solution. If you do find yourself in a legal dispute over the ownership of the dog, you will want to do a lot of research and seek professional legal advice. It can be a costly journey, but if you love your new dog, the chances are you'll do anything to keep them as yours. It's not unusual for me to be contacted by a former human of one of my pups. For your information, no matter the age or size, all my beagles are pups. They all have seen me on social media, saw the pups' pictures, and it's easy to get a hold of me. I've been contacted by a couple of the pups' past humans. Some are just inquiring on how they are doing. I get some more history on the pups, maybe some photos are exchanged, and we generally have a good conversation. Yesterday I got a call and missed it by a hair. I got the voicemail and was hesitant to return the call, but I did. The gentleman told me who he was and what the scenario was with him and the pup. I felt sorry, but it has been over a year that the pup and he have been separated. The pup was at another home for six months or so and came to the ranch last September. In my opinion, this pup needs a stable home, one where he can live his life out no matter how long that might be. Changing homes every six months isn't good for them. Saying no was the toughest thing I had to do in some time. I did agree for them to come visit. This way, he'll know that the pup has a good and loving home here at the ranch. So you've adopted a pup from a rescue or shelter, and it isn't working out. What do you do if your rescue dog is not working out? Is there a way of avoiding returning your rescue dog to the shelter? Whether it's bad to return a rescue dog or not will depend on many factors. The primary driver here needs to be around the welfare of the dog, though. In this detailed guide, I wanted to share this article by Mark Aaron in Rescue Dogs on this topic and how returning a rescue dog can leave you feeling guilty for years with so many what-ifs. All right, returning a rescue dog, the guilt when it doesn't work out. Though this is relatively rare, 
Returning a rescue dog does happen, and it can make you feel terrible and racked with guilt. Is it bad to return your rescue dog? What do you do if your rescue dog is not working out? Is there a way of avoiding returning your rescue dog to the shelter? Whether it's bad to return a rescue dog or not will depend on many factors. The primary driver here needs to be around the welfare of the dog, though. In this detailed guide, I wanted to share my opinions on this topic and how returning a rescue dog can leave you feeling guilty for years with so many what-ifs. A brief word about choosing the right rescue dog for you. This can be an entire topic unto itself, but I would be remiss if I didn't mention it here. Side note, check Alaska Beagle Ranch episode number two on this subject. Getting to the stage where you are looking to return your rescue dog be completely avoided at the selection stage. Both you and the shelter need to be honest and thorough in an adoption process so that you are matched with the dog that best suits your lifestyle and personality. A lot of this will come down to knowing what to look for when choosing a rescue dog. Here are my tips to help you do that. How to prevent returning your rescue dog. Before you take the leap and decide to return your new furry friend, first, follow these steps. Allow your rescue dog to adjust. A common question is how long does it take for a rescue dog to adjust? What can you do to speed up that process? The truth is the adjustment period wholly depends on your dog's personality and history. It could be days, weeks, or even months. The Animal Humane Society has a 60-day adjustment period clause with their adoptions, which should give you a good indication of the average amount of time you should allow your dog to settle. Naturally, if the situation becomes dangerous to family members or other animals in your household with no signs of improvement, you should take action more swiftly. Set clear boundaries and training practices from the beginning. Instilling structure and calm discipline from the beginning of your adoption is so very important. The first few weeks that a rescue dog is rehomed are crucial to determining their tra trajectory with their new family. Don't allow your dog to steal food in week one and then flag it as an issue in week four. You can't blame your dog for breaking the rules if you haven't set any to begin with. Work closely with your vet and shelter to solve problem behavior. According to the ASPCA's National Rehoming Survey, 46% 46 of owners rehome their dogs due to problem behavior. Therefore, your shelter should have a good record of their past. It is rare that a dog suddenly turns aggressive when rehomed if they were the most delicate, docile little things beforehand. Of course, the rehoming process is a big change for your rescue. Some bad habits like howling, digging, or chewing can present themselves during the adjustment period simply because they are nervous. Think of it like an adopted child bedwetting in their first few months in a new home. Whatever the case may be, most problem behaviors in rescue dogs are entire, entirely solvable with calm, consistent training. 
Speak to your vet and the rescue center for personalized advice. This could mean you don't need to return your rescue dog and must deal with the guilty feelings that come with that. How to deal with the guilt of returning your rescue dog. After all is said and done, things between you and your rescue dog just aren't working out. It is perfectly normal to regret buying a puppy. If the above steps are not working for you and there is a fundamental mismatch in personality and behavior, could you be forgiven returning your adopted dog to the shelter? I think there is a lot of nuances to be discussed here. Two things can be true at the same time. We can acknowledge that this could be out of your control, but also acknowledge that the vetting process should have been done better. We can recognize that in the long run, the dog should be with owners that can fully support and love them. We can also recognize that the displacement of moving from home to home is distressing for the dog and could have some impact on their long-term well-being. To process that conflict guilt, here's what I would recommend. Acknowledge your role. In order to write this piece, I have thought about it from multiple different perspectives. Sadly, I cannot think of a single version of this story where the new owner is wholly absolved of any part and it going awry. Example, even if you weren't to know that your new rescue dog dislikes children, it is still up to you to be as investigative as possible at the outset about your potential pup's history and personality traits. These are all reasons why you can't cope with the dog, but will need to be researched first. Better yet, it should be on the criteria that your future dog must have a known history of being happy with young children. You should also introduce your children to the rescue dog while at the shelter before bringing them home. This is a safe environment for them to meet each other, eliminating any nasty surprises later. Now, please don't take this as me demonizing you because that's not true at all. I fully recognize that we make mistakes when we are excited to adopt a dog. The shelter has a part to play in this too. You are not the first to feel the guilt in returning a rescue dog this way, and you won't be the last. You should take full responsibility that you just weren't prepared and you possibly adopted the dog for entirely the wrong reasons. Acknowledging your role is not about beating yourself up. It is about fully seeing the situation for what it is so that you can learn the lessons. Learn the lessons. Interestingly, Inga Frick from Animal Sheltering Magazine believes that the stigma should be removed from returning rescue dogs because of this very reason. It is an excellent opportunity to learn what is best for the dog and the owner long term. It all starts with a critical analysis of what went wrong. Next time, could you do more research on different breeds, life stages, and behaviors of dogs to be more fully prepared? Could you volunteer at a local dog shelter to get to know potential dogs for a longer period before committing? Could you be more adamant about learning your potential rescue dog's behavior and family history? If you have lost faith in the dog shelter you are working with, then visit other local shelters to review their processes and support structure. Conclusion I know people have returned a rescue dog because simply were not ready and prepared. 
Those people still have some guilt, but have gone on to rescue three beautiful dogs of different sizes, ages, and breeds that have brought so much joy to them. You are capable of being a great owner and to the right rescue dog. Don't give up on trying to find them their life. Beagle Spotlight Charlie has been at the ranch just a little over two years now. A nice lady had rescued him from a horrible hoarder situation where he was being picked on by other dogs. Unfortunately, she couldn't keep him. She lived in an apartment on the second floor. Beagles generally don't do well in apartments. Too noisy for the neighbors. She posted her situation on social media, and I picked up on it, and he came to the ranch. About a year ago, Charlie became what I call stuck on scent. He's constantly on the hunt for a ghost squirrel. He would stay out 24-7, 365 if you let him. It doesn't matter what kind of weather or even what the temperature is. I've called him in the house during a cold spell and his face would be frosted over. He is a sweetie. He likes to hog the bed. He also likes his belly rubbed. He reminds you when it's treat time. Last winter, he ate a cloth toy and it clogged him up, so off to pet emergency we go. They had to operate. Since then, he eats more than the other dogs and doesn't gain any weight. Vet says it must be his metabolism. He does like to countersurf, so when I'm away from the house, he's in the kennel. But as soon as I'm back, he's outside ghost squirrel hunting. Charlie is quite the character and hunter and is very loved here at the ranch. Charlie isn't feeling his best this weekend. I think he might have hurt his back or rear end. He's eating, drinking, peeing, and pooping well. He's just slow to move about. He is going up and down stairs a little slow. He hasn't done any ghost squirrel hunting at all. If it continues tomorrow, he goes to the vet. Keep your paws crossed, please. Shout out! I haven't requested any donations on social media in a little while now. So today I'd like to shout out to those who have sent stuff from our Amazon wish list and donated to PayPal. I won't mention names because some like being anonymous, but you know who you are and thank you. It sure makes us all here at ABR feel good knowing there are good people out there thinking of us even when we're not begging. Alaska Beagle Ranch is a nonprofit and we depend on donations to help with our mission. What is our mission? Our mission and our goal are for every beagle, especially in Alaska, has a happy home. For our beagles to be happy, they need to be healthy. We only adopt out healthy beagles, so we need your help in paying their medical bills to get or keep them healthy so they can find their forever home. Beagles that can't be adopted out become resident beagles at ABR. Their medical, food, and upkeep can be costly. We know that the economy isn't as good as we would like for it to be. Just a few dollars add up and goes a long, long way. You can find us on PayPal at Beagle Ranch 907 or go to our Facebook page of Alaska Beagle Ranch and you can find links to PayPal and our Amazon wish list. Alaska Beagle Ranch is looking for a sponsor. If you have a business or product that is dog-related and you're looking to sponsor or advertise on a dog-related podcast and you like ours, give me a call. Dave, 907-202-4226. 
It can be dog food, treats, daycare, training, or whatever. Doesn't have to be strictly for beagles. Let's talk about it. We're also looking for some wonderful fosters. There can be a lot involved in being a foster, so think it over. Some of our beagles might have special needs, like having to go to the vet, or they might need to take meds, and maybe it might need some additional training. Of course, they always need some good loving. Sorry, but you must live in the Matanuska Susitna Valley area, specifically near Wasilla or Palmer. Email me at akbeagleranch at gmail.com or call us at 907-202-4226 for more information. Remember, our goal is for every beagle, especially in Alaska, has a happy home. Thank you for listening to the Alaska Beagle Ranch. If you know of a beagle needing a good and happy home, put the owners in contact with us. If you know someone who is looking to get a beagle, please share our podcast with them. All the episodes will tell you what you need to know about beagles. If you have any questions about beagles, and if they are right for you, email me at akbeagleranch at gmail.com or call us at 907-202-4226. You can follow us on Facebook at Alaska Beagle Ranch or on Twitter at at Beagle underscore Ranch. Be sure to like, follow, subscribe, review, and maybe send some feedback or ideas. See you at the Alaska Beagle Ranch next week.